is Becky. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan. And this is the H Word Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for all the support. Yeah, the letters have been great. Yeah. Um, we are a podcast. It happens every week. Comes out every week. Yep. About hope. For you, it happens every week. For us, it happens every day. <laughs> We're trapped in this sort of, I think, hope chamber would be yeah. the correct term. Yeah. Um, we float around on the, in this uh, highly It's all pink. Salinated. Uh, the air is very salinated. Yeah. Uh, it stings your eyes and then feels sort of like part of you. Yeah. And you breathe it in. It's like breathing in crystals. Yeah. And then we record these constantly. Yeah. And that's what comes out of our mouths. We have a producer named Stacy McGonigal. And if the episodes aren't good enough, she makes us record them again. <laughs> that's right. Hard to breathe in here. Yeah. And um, today we're joined by a guest. Today is a guest. Um, it's a very special guest. Someone that I know quite well because I live with him. Dan, you don't live with him? Nope. No. Uh, and it is my partner in life, Reverend Itor. Hi, Itor. Hi, I'm Becky. Hello, Dan. <laughs> hey, Aitor, how's it going? Thanks for having. Thanks for coming in. Now, some people might think having your partner on really soon is like you couldn't get anyone else. Nope, I wanted him. Yeah, you mean soon in the run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wanted Aitor in here fast. I wanted his insights. Okay, and why? And why did why? Uh, well, first of all, um, because this comes out every week and records every week, we didn't talk for a week. So that we would be fresh for the air. Oh, good. And so that was sort of nice to have a break. Yeah. 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 Now we're talking again. So that's nice. I mean, I hadn't noticed until just now when you mentioned it. Yeah. Is there going to, is it feels like there's maybe stuff that's been. You hadn't, up. you hadn't noticed that we hadn't spoken for a week? No. Yeah, well, great. We've been together a long time. It's really easy. Mm. Uh, that was a joke answer. Okay. <laughs> the truth answer is, uh. I really like Itar's insights into life and certainly hope and hopelessness. And I also thought, though, that I definitely wanted somebody else here to be asking questions because we've been together for 17 years. And I, I don't know that I would, I don't think the unusual stuff about us or what Itor might say or what I might think would jump out as quickly to mm. me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so do. Hope that's not too much pressure on you. No, yeah, yeah. It's glad to have someone else here, totally responsible for it going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just want to invite you into our relationship as my best yeah, friend. Exactly. I think it's time as my best friend. <laughs> yeah, Becky's new favorite uh, meme. Meme, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I introduced Dan to my brother as my best friend. My brother just sort of was like, okay. Yeah, Dan yes. was incensed. I was not incensed. <laughs> so um, we should start with a question then. Well, we should say, like, I guess the question that we've been asking as of last week is, how would you define yourself? Who are you? Oh, that's a great question. I, Tor. You're asking me? Yeah. I know, but don't think I don't know. But the people at home in their cars, on their trolley rides to work, they don't know. Yeah, scooter. Yeah. E-bike. E Oh man, I'd be curious to hear what you thought because I don't know. I, I have a very hard time uh, defining myself, in spite of how self-centered I am. You think you're self-centered? Well, everything, all my experiences through the filter of me, so it has to be. Well, then everyone is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, like some people say, I'm an actor, or a comedian. That's the, those are things I say. Oh yeah, I'm not those things. I'm unemployed. I'm retired. Okay. <laughs> I'm a retired man. I um, I, I sit at home uh, and I smoke and I think about 
getting something done. And that's sort of my day to day. That's what you do when I'm at work? And when you're home. (laughs) Sometimes I watch TV. (laughs) How many packs a day? Uh, Good one. This is the stuff I wouldn't ask. It's on average half a pack. So I'm way down. About 10. What's that? Yeah, 10 cigarettes. Packs are about 20. Packs are about 20. Yeah. King size? Yes. Yeah. Although the tobacco content in king size and regular is the same. Now, I have an inside Uh. track here that um, I've heard reports that it's not just cigarettes you've been smoking lately. Uh, Perhaps the smell of cigar and pipe tobacco has been wafting from your office, the one room that is allowed for smoking. Yeah, every time I try to cut back on cigarettes, I end up smoking a lot more cigars and pipe. <laughs> so we've sort of defined you as, this is Reverend Itor, man of leisure and smoker. <laughs> is that Does that feel like enough? Yeah. Well, I guess if I was going to define myself as something, it would be as a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. What is, what is, other than smoking, what do you think all smokers have in common? Coughing. Heard, coughing. I've heard people say like, I like smoking because smokers are so nice, and that's who you get to talk to when you smoke. What? I've heard someone, one person said that to me once. Who was it? Not naming names. Mm. Wasn't Dan. Wasn't me. No. Doesn't, I wouldn't say that. Doesn't smoke. Yeah. Doesn't know how cool we are. Not hooked into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, with smoking, as with everything else, I'm always kind of embarrassed um, by the other people who share my interests. Mm, yes, it, because it feels mainstream. You don't want to be a part of a club that Would has has other member. members. Yeah, yeah, yes, I think that's accurate. Um, a lone wolf. What other interests do you have that you find are embarrassing when you see other people doing them? Um, what other interests? Most of the art that I like. Most of the television. Mm. Uh, you don't like fandom. You don't like being part of it. Yeah, you know, there's that coffee shop I go to. Uh, every once in a while, some some guy will come and compliment me on some article of clothing, mm-hmm. and I it makes me want to take off that yes that article of clothing yes because they're, <laughs> you've ruined they, it's they, like they, spitting they on your out article to me that I did it right yeah and I don't like their their definition of what is right yeah what is the right way to do something mm-hmm. except that you've chosen this so you considered it to be correct this is the kinship that you despise yes okay. Um, you are a very snappy dresser. People compliment you on it. You're no slob. So I've heard. Um, do you own a pair of jeans? Not at the moment. Do you own a pair of sweatpants? Not right now. I got an inside track on this info. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're in the market for it, but I... Christmas is coming. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so you want is sweatpants? <laughs> wow, this is great. As of this airing, Christmas is coming very far away. Yeah. Yeah, about 300 days. Yeah. Christmas 2020 is just around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> You've got time to buy me those pants. <laughs> yeah, well, 2020, everyone just relax and ease into your classic blue sweatpants. Dan, how are you doing? Doing okay. Yeah. How would I define myself this week? Yeah. Oh, great question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I forgot to ask. I would define myself as your best friend. Uh, <gasps> We can we can stop the podcast now. I've achieved the goal. Of it. We're done. Stacy, yeah. pull the plug. Seven minutes. I did it. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. Uh, I lack a definition of self. Sometimes I do feel like that. Um, I. That feels 
healthy. Does it? I don't. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I I retract that. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I think similar to your um your uh your aversion to joining in any kind of crowd. I I have an aversion to um settling on any definition of myself uh because it feels um reductive and uh and final this came up last week oh really well no this is like an expansion of it well i think it's okay for us to have a sort of a progression and not just a bunch of random unrelated thoughts Mm. i think you know themes yeah i feel like you know like language works well when the words kind of string together to make some kind of sense <laughs> so as should this okay so what do you what, what there's something a trend well you were saying this this thing about like when you got you were like kind of made fun of by the friend group and that was your role in it you didn't like that definition ah uh, so it's similar in that regard mm, yes um, yes it is i don't all right do you want to ask me yeah how how do i define myself this week yeah um I got more done than usual. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. Um, again, it, it's a little weird to be here with Aitor because we spend so much time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we got the bikes in before a big snowstorm. Oh, uh, yes. And a satisfying feeling. feels correct. And not only that, but we were walking home from something and I went, we should get the bikes in. A storm's coming. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and yeah. I hadn't listened to the weather. No. I you felt, felt it. felt it in my old witch hips <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh i don't think i have a particularly high productivity uh rate but this, is that true oh yeah but this is higher than my usual and that's what you should judge yourself on you should, okay you're, everything you're doing is not good enough and if you do a little bit better you're just okay yeah right <laughs> right mm-hmm. um yeah so that and it was bright today that makes me happy. Interesting. Things that make us happy. Things that make us hopeful. The other H word. Happy. Um, and do we want to get into the hope question? We may as well. We, 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 we took our time with it last episode. Maybe, maybe we'll just jump into it. Yeah. Each one's different. Like yeah. a baby. Mm, true. Fingerprints. Twins are two exactly the same person. Yeah. So, so we, could, we could do a twin episode where we release the same episode again. Right. Oh, or we or we interview two twins, and the yeah. first one has to reenact the transcript, or the second one has to. Re- <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The transcript of the first. Who do we know good. who are twins? Um, I know one pair of twins. They're the Barna twins. You know uh, them? Never heard of them. No. No. Nope. Daniel and Ben Barna. What if I do and I say that publicly? Have I met them? I don't know. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Monica Heisey has a twin. Oh yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know any twins, Aitor? Oh, yeah. You went to school with some twins. Yeah, there were some twins a few years behind me uh, in grade school. And there were some twins in university. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them. Mm. <laughs> they looked similar. Yeah. Yeah. Worked together as a directing duo. Yeah, they were a great team. Yeah. I think twins should be described as being afoot. Don't you think? Twins are afoot? There are twins afoot. <laughs> And it should be something you feel like a storm arriving. Yeah. I'm sorry, twins, if this makes you feel bad, because everyone thinks you're creepy. Yeah. (laughs) It's scary to be in that water bubble together for so long. You know the uh, Just for Laughs twin parade that they do? 
No. No. Every year, just for laughs, in Montreal, there is a twin parade where twins will come from across North America to just walk in a parade looking identical. Do they have to be identical twins? That's the idea. But like, can fraternal twins dress the same? It's not really the idea. It's not really encouraged. Yeah. Is it one parade with one root or is it uh, bifurcated? It's, it's one parade. Bifur- with, oh, bifurcated? yeah, right. <gasps> right, where one twin goes the other down one route and one twin down the other. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea is they want them together. But I tore this. honestly, I haven't attended myself. I know you're retired and we don't, I guess we don't need the income. But, you know, this is the kind of innovation that JFL needs. Yes. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. This year's twin parade bifurcated. <laughs> wow. They said it couldn't happen. But it could. There was a fork in the road somewhere around a fountain, I guess. Around <laughs> a fountain. fountain. There's lots of fountains. Oh, they could go. <laughs> they could just go around the hill. Uh, the Mont of Mont Royal. Yeah, the Mont. Yeah. Are there roundabouts in Montreal? I'm trying to remember. Because we could do something really good with that. I can't. The, there's there. not a roundabout coming to mind, but I'm sure there are. No, it's just you think you're thinking of France. Oh yeah. Well, it's just such a European city. Oh so my. <laughs> oh, yeah, now I am. Um, should we get to the question? Yeah. Uh, guest decides in what order they go. All right. Uh. Whichever order involves me being last. Well, that's fine. Mm. This uh, I'm noticing a trend. Yes. Is it so you can steal ours? No, that wouldn't make any sense. It's sort of like ordering last at a restaurant. I feel like... What's the benefit to that? What's that? What's the benefit to ordering last? I think Stacy has an answer to that. Yes, Stacy uh, does. You get more time to think about the options? You get more time to think about the options for those in the back who who's, didn't hear. Who's, you know, who's ordering what? What sounds good? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. If you go to dinner with me, I am ordering first. I have so many questions about my allergies that if you go second, you will have had the time to think. Mm-hmm. And I want to get it out of the way Yeah, because it's it's a heavy yeah, intellectual because, because load. Because you ordering at a restaurant is merely a process of elimination. Absolutely. It's not, it's it's not deciding what issue. you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's what can't I eat first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so... They're ordering last. Wow. Imagine I did that after they'd taken a whole table's worth of orders. What a rude dude. Well, my answer this week to what is making me hopeful, unfortunately, is nothing. <laughs> we are we are a mere uh, hour away from the impeachment vote while we're recording this. I'm so glad you said nothing. <laughs> and uh, and I just, there are things, there are moments like this where, um, you know, on the eve of elections where it's like it could go possibly well. And people do find hope in those experiences, but I don't. I find so much dread. Because it, it, it's going to happen and it's meaningless? It's, uh, I don't know. Is it meaningless? I think both results are meaningful, but, they're, uh, but they don't, they don't um, I don't predict me feeling good either way. Merely, merely a, 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 like a, a subsiding sense of um, relief. Uh, but really, it's it's a it's an overwhelming dread. Dread, huh? How so? What is making you feel dread about this? Because no, I, I, I'm talking about in general when it's when it's a, an experience we're on the cusp of um, an event that could uh, change for the good or for the very bad. There's just I think there's a kind of person that is like, oh, that's hopeful. We have an election tomorrow or whatever, and um, I don't feel hope in those those times. I feel dread. Um, oh, in general, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
this is very fascinating. So, so we, as we, as we await the impeachment vote, I don't feel hope. I feel dread. And what if, what if he's impeached? Will you feel good about that? Will it feel better? Um, well, I will just feel, I, I will just feel like, um, slightly less dread. Okay. Yeah. I tour. How about you? We were talking about this actually on the way over. We were listening to the radio on the way over. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm with Dan on this and I'm, I'm relieved that you said nothing because that mm. was, that was the answer I had in my pocket too. Oh really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is a copy our answer situation. The, I knew it. To the podcast. He's ordering what we ordered. Yeah, exactly. That's why you oh, I'll have, best. I'll have the mac and cheese have, also. It's good to have a 15 minute episode in the middle. <laughs> no, not? please continue. Yeah. I don't. But I'm also just not inherently a hopeful person, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I'm also, I, I was thinking about this uh, in thinking about uh, your little show here. <laughs> and I, thank I, you. How, how yeah. are we defining hope? Yes. Because it's, it's a bit of an amorphous umbrella. It is. I and, think. And if you're actually asking, then yeah, well, this can be the time when we break it down. Uh, you you have a, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that, um, so we're three episodes in. Um, to me anyway, some things are presenting themselves about what it is we're doing in this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, which was my hope, mm -hmm. um, was that it was very, it's very scary to not know what you're starting, but the thing starts to show you what it is. Yes. And I, I think it is a very, very long exploration of the question that you just brought up, which is what, what, are the definitions of this? What is hope? Is it useful? Where does it come from? All of these questions, I think, I don't want to speak for you, Dan, but like for myself, this feels like a process of thinking about that and and having just hopefully, oh, I hate using that word now. It's gotten weird. But, but having revelations about the answers to that, even small ones. I see. But what do you feel about the impeachment specifically? About the impeachment? I also have a sense of dread. Um, I don't, I tend to be a negative thinker. I'm quite pessimistic. I, I tell I've myself heard. I'm stoic, but I'm not. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think there will be a great outcome from this. I think the um, this is mostly a, an important but symbolic gesture. I think uh, the Republicans have already said that they're circling the wagon circling their wagons, and so they will not actually impeach their president. Well, no, he will be impeached. This is Well, they're not going to oust him, you know, no matter what the oust him. Democrats say. But Clinton was impeached without being ousted. Yeah, you're right. I'm using the wrong terms. I, I didn't mean to. But I don't think he will be ousted. Yeah. And if he is, I will be pleasantly surprised, but also um, braced for what the aftermath actually entails. Well, this, it will be coming out in the aftermath. So certainly yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah, it's a, I don't feel dread about it, honestly. Mm. It, it, to me, I think actually it doesn't, it feels awful, but not that different from every other day mm -hmm. in one way or another. Um, and I think that is from where springs the dread. Uh, Why isn't this different than any other day? That's a different. You know, than the question we ask on Passover. Uh, <laughs> Why is this night different from other nights? The answers right. are, we lean around <laughs> stuff. Yeah. This we is lean around? Yeah. I'm, if you can lean, you can clean. You know, is, that, is, that, is it like that? Yeah. It's yeah. a rough translation from the Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so the, the sameness. But, okay. Is there any relief in knowing that 
nothing's ever different and never has been? It hasn't been better? They're all kind of- um, it hasn't been better, hasn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is the this is the struggle of um, of aging. Uh, as as one's views become more pessimistic, you start to one starts to uh, see um, old patterns where we would look at our older generations and say, "Oh, you're getting more pessimistic because you're aging." And so, as that is happening to myself i am having trouble separating the two um whether it is that i'm getting old or whether it is that things are getting worse are you have a in your just in general would you say that i put this question to both of you are you having a better time now than you did as teenagers yes i know no no yes i don't think it's a lot no and others i don't think i think Getting back to what you were saying to aging, uh, you know, the younger you are, the more potential there is. It's like when you, if you're, you know, carving a block of stone into something, the moment you make a nick into that stone, you've started eliminating potentials for what that stone could become. But that's how you make art. That is how you become, how you make art. But it's also how you age. And there, there are fewer possibilities the older you get, the more you carve. And is that and is that something we can learn about hope? Is it a relationship to the idea of potential and our and our capacity to hold potential in our minds? Right. But then but also so many options is very scary and overwhelming and unpleasant. Like an unsculpted block of 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 stone is is on is scary? Well, being one is, I think, right. not knowing your shape. Yeah. Um not you know in this line in this line of work of entertainment that that comes down to voice you don't know your mm-hmm. voice as well when you're younger usually and i don't know also i think in your 20s in this society it's like make or break who are you going to be and i can say as someone in her 40s that's not really necessarily the case i've sort of stuck on one track but not really and it's been okay it's possible let's put it that way are you having a better time now than you were in your teens? Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And why is that? Because of the sense of self? I don't know. Being a teenage girl is... Oh, <laughs> it's very difficult. Is it? It was for me. I don't know. Maybe other people do it gracefully, but it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something in... There's this thing about women where like but in your 60s you disappear, but there's a power to that. So in your 40s, I think you're on your way to disappearing, less sexualized. So that's a level of just constant danger that is lessened anyway. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more agency. And also knowing what you want and don't want. And you don't have to please everybody. That's for me anyway. Um, yeah. And there, the, the, the larger, this is it. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with like impeachment, but like the larger sense that like now's the time where I could do anything can be quite overwhelming and be like, mm, I know what I like. I know what I like to do. I kind of know a little bit how to tackle the projects I'd like to tackle. I have some frameworks in which to do it. I find that extremely freeing. And also things like it's amazing to just have a nice dinner with my family. Mm-hmm. Yes. As a teenage girl, I didn't like having a dinner with my family. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think, uh, over time, I've become much less hopeful. I'd, I wouldn't have considered myself hopeful to begin with. 
Mm. But I've become less so. But I've become more grateful in other ways. So gratitude is much more important in my life than it used to be. I am very grateful for my mm-hmm. Sundays with my family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what little comforts I have. Right. And I really hold them dear and cherish them actively, where I, they were just taken for granted once upon a time. Yeah. I, I, I'm i also seeing a connection between uh, hope and um, dreaming. And I, um, mm. as I get older, I've, I've uh, grown a more cynical relationship to the idea of dreaming um, because it is a way for capitalists to keep you struggling like stay dreaming keep the dream alive but like hope there's different kinds of dreaming you know there's the american dream there's this acquisitional aspirational dream but then there's also the dreams that are like i want to make a piece of art something came to Mm -hmm. me an inspiration came to me yes um and i can do it Mm -hmm. um I I have actually been thinking a lot for the last handful of years about like the, these two parallel narratives of I believed in myself when no one else did and I could do it versus being an absolutely delusional loser with no talent. Mm-hmm. As an actor, I'm like you feel like you're both of those things. It's at impossible once. to know which one you are. And you they can, must feel but you the can same. be both. Can you? No, I, I mean know. you. Well, these these this sort of binary of the two, I don't think. exists but you have to push through so much with vision that is inside your head that other people don't see yeah so are you a really good artist who this is this is what you have to do to make good art or are you like a stupid dumb talentless fucking loser that everyone hates (laughs) but but the narratives are the same you know what i mean Uh it's like oh that person's never going to make it that's absolutely crazy right Or, or that's how you get stuff done. You got to believe in yourself and push, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And then um, the, 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 the victors, right. Uh, they, they, they uh, dictate who was just, who was persevering and, who and versus who yeah just wouldn't go away. Yeah. Who just yeah. couldn't accept reality and yeah. get a day job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And hope is involved in that. You have to be hopeful to push through your weirdo ideas. So we're seeing another connection between hope and delusion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. What do you think, honey? I mean, Itor. <laughs> 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 I mean, sir. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah, oh. it, it all makes sense to me. This is why it works. We're not going to watch Marriage Story. <laughs> I am. This is why it works. We're, We're going to watch disagree. it individually and never talk about <laughs> In it. In a bifurcated parade. <laughs> but we'll know when we argue. <laughs> the bifurcated parade feels like it would appear on the blacklist. Do you know Do you know the blacklist? No. The like list of uh, uh, the greatest unproduced screenplays of the year. What? Um, yeah. So they, they this, this company, they release, I don't know, it's like 20 scripts or something and they just... It's just the title and the author, and it's like, oh, if you make the, like, um, famously being John Malkovich was on the blacklist for a long time, and then it got made because it was like too crazy to get made. That was the idea. Oh, so this is very good in Hope and Delusion, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Because what is that script? A stupid nonsense or the best? Yes, exactly. Ooh, and it, yeah. and it, and it remained stupid nonsense until it was the best, and then 
maybe reverted. I don't know. Do people still like that movie? I like it, I think. And I've, I, I have seen it more recently. Mm. I think, I, I mean, I, I remember loving it. It's no adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, no judgment call on either one or yeah. rel- relative by quality. Definition, it's a different movie. Yeah. 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 They're That's different. True. It's not Synecdoche, New York either. Yeah, they're not twins. <laughs> no, yeah, they could be fraternal Although triplets. in adaptation, there are. This is great. <laughs> this content. is really good content. Twins are different people, though. I hear. Mm, not according to CSI Miami. <laughs> well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I saw one, but I can't remember what twins share. They have like DNA, DNA, but different <laughs> fingerprints, and their hair is the same, but their breath is different. <laughs> their breath is different. <laughs> they can have different allergies, but they they marry the same person. <laughs> I don't know. There was something like that. Mm. Anyway, they yeah. they figured out who which twin did it. Right. It's like one thing we don't know about twins is that they have different breath signatures. <laughs> We we taped up some breath samples off this door. Yeah. It's usually the evil twin that does the crime. Yeah, but they, they always have the good one to pin it on. That's the thing. Mm. Well, there's two. It's a great plot point mm-hmm. when you have a lot of seasons to contend with. Um, do you want to hear what I was hopeful about? Yes. Okay. So I struggled a lot with this. And um, I wanted, I really wanted there to be, I, I searched for like a good news story. Yeah. And uh, didn't find anything. Um, did I tell you about the guy who's cataloging the heirloom rice in India? No, please elaborate. Well, I, 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 uh, I have a job right now that I have to read a lot of news and a mm-hmm. lot of sort of like human interest stories. And I remember this one sort of flitting by and being like, oh, rice, heirloom rice. This sounds <laughs> great and hopeful. Yeah. And it's basically like we've cataloged 1,400 varietals. There used to be 100,000 in India. And I was like, nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not making me feel good. It's like there's erosion on the plateaus. Uh, and then, uh-huh. No. Yeah. So I was digging for these sorts of things. No. Then um, I realized today I was, I was out walking in Parkdale in the neighborhood in Toronto that I live in. And I've lived in for almost 20 years. Yeah. To all our European listeners. Yeah. Or anyone outside of Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But especially to the Slovenians. Yes. Um, and there's this building, the uh, LCBO, the Liquor Control Board of Ontario, mm-hmm. government-run liquor store. So mm-hmm. there's a, a sort of an old abandoned government liquor store in Parkdale. And uh, somebody has like paintballed the entire thing. Hmm. This is new. I feel like I would have noticed this before. You, have you noticed that, Aitor? No, but I don't go by there anymore because the liquor store is closed. Right. Yeah. Well, No it, draw. It's yeah. been paintball and it looked fresh because there's snow around and the stuff's not too deep and there's sort of splatter everywhere. Mm. And um, this also happened. Oh, I, sh- I told the story a bit out of order. Earlier today, <laughs> I know, it's okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> Earlier today, I was reading an article in Toronto Life about Catherine Mulherin who was a friend of ours, okay. who was a gallerist in Parkdale, kind of defined that neighborhood and its and its art, like the sort of gallery district around Dover, yes. Queens. Yes, I saw this. Yeah. And she took her own life this summer yes. in her 50s or early 50s. And there's a lot going on in Toronto right now that as someone who's been here for 20 years and lived through this period in the early 2000s is, is um, called Torontopia lovingly where it was like this perfect balance of enough 
money in the city that there were patrons of the arts, but also cheap enough rents in certain areas where artists could live and mm -hmm. live cheaply. I tour and I definitely benefited benefited from this in the early two thousands. Um, she was huge in sort of defining that era, and literally those areas are all condos now that are called Bohemian Embassy, art lofts. They're all marketed on this thing, and they're literally built on the graveyard of it at this point. Mm -hmm. So I was reading this, and and it's a beautiful tribute, which is. Yeah, it's making me emotional, but it's a beautiful tribute. But and I'm glad that that's out there and exists. But also, all of us who knew her were like, "This is such a punctuation point on this era in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like it's done. It's a period." Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's the sad part and the two sides of the coin. But um, seeing this, <laughs> the LCBO all covered in paint, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to discount that, like. Acts of violent vandalism probably have downsides. <laughs> Continue. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. But I think it's going to be knocked down. I don't know if they were going to sell the parts of it that got painted, really. And that kind of chaotic exuberance was like what she was mm -hmm. and what that period was like. You know, it, th these things moved into galleries, which was a good step in getting money into artists' pockets so they weren't just living in, like, literal holes in the ground sometimes, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, oh, I sleep in my bike shop that I work at. Yeah. Um, but it was those two things kind of paired together. I was like, I don't know who did this. I would be shocked if it was a bunch of 70-year-olds. That would be fun to find out. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I have a sense that that's kids. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see some kind of fuck-around beautiful chaos in a space that to me started to feel like um you know what are the stores now there itor like that jam shop has moved oh wow. yeah they're not there anymore this is one of my favorite anecdotes of itors oh yeah i was on the streetcar this was a while back um as gentrification was kind of settling in yeah gentrification had arrived and i'm on the streetcar going to my neighborhood and the women in front of me were having a conversation and one leans into the other and says, oh, we finally got a decent jam shop in the neighborhood. <laughs> and to be clear, we had, we had no jam. We didn't have, a, the bakery burned down and then there was no bakery in Parkdale for years. The gas station actually got knocked down. So Yeah, the gas station, three hardware stores that used to be there. Three. Yeah. Anymore. There and, were three. Well, and then one hardware store turned into a hardware-themed nightclub, which was a real kick in the teeth. <laughs> well, and the nine other jam shops that were good, but not decent. Not ha Now, finally, a decent one is here. Yeah, what is this? Finally. Are they, I mean, are they buying these lemons at No Frills? I want a Meyer lemon. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Marmalade? No. This is shit. Um, anyway. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Well, that reminds me. I love it, and I think it's. I think it's perfect. And it reminds me of a um, uh, a video on Twitter I saw today, which was um, a punk show. These kids had had rented um, at a Denny's in America. You can get they have like a party room, and you can rent it for kids' birthday parties or whatever. And these kids had rented it and put on a punk show, and they just like destroyed 
this party room. <laughs> they like and broke all the things? No, it was just like like the the whatever, the Snapchat story was like it was like, what the fuck is up, Denny's? Like over the like over and they were just going wild. And the all you can really tell that it's a Denny's are these like sort of yellow tacky light fixtures that they're just like spatting out of the air. And uh it's just ca- total chaos. I also think places like Toronto, like we're in a specific spot and there are other cities like this, but you know, this this level of sort of glossy gentrification high-rise condos is not happening everywhere like i turned i went we were in portland this summer oregon mm-hmm. and it it was i mean it was weird because that it, it's like an era that's gone away from here is still there so it's sort of like time travel mm-hmm. in a way but also inspiring and it's like there are places that have not progressed the way toronto and vancouver and new york and los angeles have or los angeles seems to have art but their mix is weird everything's all thrown off there's too many millionaires yeah it's it's wacky over there too yeah it's all over the place i don't quite have a handle the on scourge it. there is a single family homes like little tiny low-rise houses that are just for single families oh, god i want one <laughs> i want one so much i know but it, there's too many and they take up too much space you need to i know you more do density. and also there the yard is not the same because what the hell are you going to grow out there you can grow a fruit tree but you can't grow a carrot no <laughs> so who needs it yeah I know, but I love the bungalow. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> you got to confront that about myself. <laughs> we all want a house with a backyard. But, yeah. And to live in a city. Yeah, That's which just, is the, yeah. That doesn't that was, make any sense. It's a very North American desire. Yeah. You're North American. Do you have that desire? Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> well, anyway, that was mine. Yeah, I don't drive. I want to be able to garden and then go out to the coffee, walk to the coffee shop. Walk to the hardware store. Yeah, we have a container garden, so that's something. Um, you know, it's January, so let's give you some container garden tips. Right. Your best yield, I think, kale and greens, mustard greens, arugula. Yeah, kale's been the go-to for me. Yeah. Got anything mm-hmm. else? Anything else we've done well? I grow beans kind of decoratively. You don't get a good yield. I, I, do herbs do well? I thought herbs yeah. did well. Yeah, herbs yeah. do well. But I guess I mean like a, a food Yeah, right. Real sustenance chonker herbs yeah. are more of a condiment than a, herbs are a condiment we're talking about a chonker yeah we want some chonker yeah foods um i tore you have to answer the question oh, what was, was the question what's one thing this week that made you feel hopeful nothing nothing my answer is nothing i don't feel hopeful yeah and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no but also i feel like we never cleared up what you guys mean by hope like i find hope it sort of lives at the crotch between like wishing and expectation and when i like when you use it as a verb it's mostly a wish oh i hope things turn out all right versus i have hope i have this noun and this is some sort of certainty that things will work out all right well i i guess this is a good a very good conversation but i think at this point for me it's like you have to have hope to get up in the morning and move forward right or do you no you don't um really why why do you need it i have to pee that's what gets me up oh i thought you were saying you had to pee right now eventually i've never been so depressed that i've peed my bed (laughs) that's what got me out of the bed nicotine withdrawal or a full yeah Yeah, there are other, yeah, I think there are other um, uh, forces of nature and, and not necessarily, and not, and not like 
bodily functions, but th- just the other things that move us. You but know, anger, no anger moves us. Modicum of hope. But what if the ang- anger the kind of thing is like, I'll get to, I'll get, I'm going to get to yell at someone today. That's not, <laughs> actually, that's not anger. That's like, that's, that's sort of psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but uh, that, that sort of like is tiptoeing towards this idea of like, isn't every act a selfish act? It's like, well, yeah, I guess. But like, I guess there's hope in it. There's some sort of sliver of hope in everything, but like in reality. Okay, look, this is what the podcast is called. Yeah. Did I do a dumb thing? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No, we've just reached another uh, another episode where we haven't solved the problem. That's all. Oh, uh, a cliffhanger. That's right. But did you want it? (laughs) (laughs) A cliffhanger. People love those. In this case, the cliffhanger is a person on a cliff. That's right. Do they choose to walk away and go to work? Yeah. Or just fling themselves off like yeah. so many bison. Yeah. It's is not a it's not a literary technique. It's a person on a cliff. Yeah. yeah. A cliffhanger. Yeah. What are they gonna do? They're gonna yard themselves up and dust themselves off and t- take a shower? <laughs> or just find out next let week. Let go. <laughs> is that the end? Yeah. Yeah, great. Good night, everybody. We should thank people. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, oh, we don't have to. I guess we'll have to do this okay. later. Thank you, Santa. Um, thank you, Santa. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Reverend Itor. And as always, thanks to our producer, Stacey McGonigal. Uh, over there on the couch, chuckling away. You can't hear it. It's not loud enough to be heard, but it is a chuckle, and we are winning. And we love her here. We love having her here. Thanks again. The H-Word Podcast is produced by Stacey McGonigal for The Shop. Follow The Shop on Instagram at the underscore shop T-O. Artwork this week by Tara Bursey and theme song as always by Laura Barrett. For information on all of our guests and artists, please follow us everywhere at The H-Word Podcast.